This episode of The Minimalist is brought to you by nobody, because advertisements suck. The Minimalists. <laughs> every little thing you think that you need, every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'll be fine without it Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. Ryan Nicodemus is on vacation today. So I'm here with Erwin McManus and Aaron McManus, our returning champion and the new challenger. We're <laughs> here today. Uh, now, I got to be frank with you guys. Um, uh, and we had this spot open up today, so I asked you all to come in. We had a porn star who was supposed to be here today oh. who canceled on us. So I said, why not replace a porn star with a preacher? Well, there you go. And uh, <laughs> actually, we, 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 it was a former porn star. She was going to come in and talk about porn addiction and, and how a lot of young men in particular are struggling with, with this sort of addiction. So she'll be back on the podcast to talk about that. But we're here on the occasion. Uh, you just started a new season of your podcast. You both run a podcast together. It's called Battle Ready. And it, I, I looked it up. Aaron, talk to me about this because I, I looked it up and it said it was a leadership podcast. But for me, I always thought it was... I thought it was a parenting podcast. (laughs) That would be a better description for the podcast. We were talking about this this week, that it's actually not a leadership podcast. We got a a review that said, if you're looking for three steps, you won't find them. (laughs) So, uh, you know, we started started the, the podcast a few years ago. After you had written a book called The Last Arrow, and the last chapter was called titled Battle Ready. You were battling cancer, mm-hmm. and we and I had kind of approached you and said, "What if we take this last chapter and unwrap some of these like life lessons, questions that I have, and and things that maybe we won't be able to ask if 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 you don't make it through?" And and we were kind of in this season where everything was coming really fast, and so we started the podcast not knowing if we'd ever get past five episodes, and now it's three seasons in, and really the first two were kind of a figure or fourth season. We're Kind of figuring it all out. I don't even know what season we're in. Yeah, at first we said a uh, weekly podcast um, that we will release whenever we feel like it. Yeah, a and weekly so, podcast. <laughs> so we on didn't do one for like, like six months. Yeah. And yeah. and so we were really not maybe committed to continuity at, at that time. And a lot of it was because um, we weren't really sure one, you know, what we wanted to really address and, and step into. And it's not, it, I would say it's not a leadership podcast. It's For me, it's much more of a... Um, a life cultural podcast. It's, it's, uh, it's a place where we get to talk about all the stuff you're not supposed to talk about on Sunday. Mm. And you know, and so I, you know, as you know, I, I started Mosaic and I speak on Sunday every week. But there's certain things that, that really you shouldn't talk about in terms of my opinion shouldn't matter so much on Sunday. What matters on Sunday is really how to help people change, how to help people connect to uh, their faith, how to help people live a profoundly spiritual life. Uh, and so I never talk about things like politics or social issues as much. And but we wanted to have a podcast where you just talk about whatever we wanted, unfiltered, um, no, no holds bars, and just go at it and have a great time. So it's kind of evolved. Well, it has. And what I what I really appreciate about the reason that you started is, man, I wish I would have had that. My my mother died of cancer about a decade ago, and. 
I man, I, I one of my biggest regrets. I spent a lot of time with her that last year, but I, w- I wish I could have. You know, I would wish I could have spent more time. But in a way, I wish I could have captured some of these these wonderful, you know, profound conversations we, we had together. And you're you're doing that now. Now, obviously, or when you went through that that whole battle, and, and so battle ready is is more than just that that one particular battle. It's like we're we're all going through some sort of battle. Yeah, absolutely. And that was Aaron's pitch to me because I I actually wasn't the one who picked the title of the podcast. He kept saying, no, we need to call it battle ready because um, there are daily battles everybody's going through. And if we could just help people face the challenges they have every single day, it would be pretty helpful to people. And and and, and frankly, there, there are like dynamics when I had cancer and not knowing whether I would live, not knowing whether the last day was the last book I would ever write. I found out right before Christmas, right before uh, my wife Kim's birthday and, right, and, and our whole family was going through that process. And and I realized that so many people are facing things like cancer and and face, just f- facing deep like life struggles and didn't have a place to process those emotions. And and so that, that's how we began, was really just trying to help people make it through the day. Mm. And and then out of that, we just started having more and more fun. And, and frankly, at first, Aaron did not want to talk. All he wanted to no. do was just set me up to talk. He would just ask a question and, and each time we'd finish, I'd say, you have to talk more. And he was like, I don't have anything to say. And I go, no, you have a lot to say. You just don't know. I don't know if you want to put it out there <laughs> and into the public domain. Right. And yeah, so yeah. what's happened over time is that Aaron has found his voice and he argues with me a lot. He interrupts me. He's disrespectful. And, uh, <laughs> which, is, which is the thing we're so working on. That's right. So now the podcast really has juice because you don't really need one person who just asks other person questions. You need people who challenge your thinking, who say, I disagree with you, who, who jump out and go, I, I think you're wrong. And that's been really fun. Yeah, so I love I love the dynamic. And uh, you brought your little sister on the podcast recently too. I was just listening <laughs> right, to that episode, yeah. uh, Mariah, yeah, right? Yeah, she's awesome. She's my little sister, but she acts older. And she's married. She's been married. Her husband Jake is awesome. And and so they're they're both kind of these touring musicians, and they're super talented. And so we we have this interesting dynamic where you know she just tries to parent me as well. So it really is a parenting podcast. It's all about <laughs> how to grow. Uh, uh, you know, I guess Battle Ready is really about parenting Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> No. Well, well, our our podcast is very listener driven, so we've got some questions here. I figured okay. we would dive in to the audience questions. Claire in Brooklyn has a question for us. I am a writer and often review and cover beauty products for various publications. I am constantly getting free products in the mail and at events. I love receiving them, but it's stuff I didn't realize I wanted in my life in the first place. Sometimes when things are free, I feel the urge to hold on to them or the appetite to acquire them even more. I try to give away stuff to friends, but Sometimes with items like these, it's a sanitary concern to share something I've used. I hate to just throw them in the trash. Some of these items cost a lot of money, even if I didn't spend any of my own money on them. A lot of these things are just-in-case items. They occasionally give me value, but not always. Any thoughts? So, Aaron, uh, while we were listening to this, you looked up at your dad and you said... Uh, I said, that sounds just like you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I want to talk about this because you're, you're also in a unique position. You get a lot of stuff. People want to give you guys stuff. We, we've even been told that gift giving is a love language. I totally disagree with that, but I'll, I'll explain why I disagree with that. I think contribution is a love language. And sometimes the best way to contribute to someone is via a, some sort of physical thing. But often we think it's a short cut but there are no shortcuts in fact this doesn't even seem like a stuff problem to me this seems like a 
commitment problem. So, so <laughs> we're, we're saying yes. If we say yes to everything, we say no to the most important things. And so by saying yes, I'll take that. You can give me the free thing. You can give me this. You can give me that. Um, we, we keep saying yes to that. But then what are we actually saying no to? We're saying no to the calm or serenity of, of, of the lack of clutter. Now, you all, you, you work in a space. Your, your building is stunningly minimalist. It's aggressively minimalist. <laughs> and I love it. I absolutely, I, I, I think what you have done is, is astonishing. And, and so how do you, though, deal with a lot of this? How do you say no to some of these things? Well, the first thing I would say is, Claire, nothing is free. Mm. It, it, no one sends you anything for free. You're just paying it with a commodity you're not paying attention to. And if I could maybe just even use an example with, I don't know if you're allowed to name particular products, but like I've been really huge on Duolingo during the quarantine learning Portuguese. And, uh, and I found myself after 150 straight days being addicted to not being able to break that streak. And so suddenly I'm doing something that's free and it's actually good for me and I'm learning Portuguese, but I realized, oh, wow, they tricked me. I'm addicted to their affirmation. Uh-huh. That little... That little <laughs> alarm comes on. You have a 150 days streak. You know, uh, don't lose it. You're yeah. in danger. And so what has hap- happened this week is I had to stop myself, and it's so hard psychologically. Oh. And 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 so I'm letting it expire so that I lose my streak, so that I'm in control of what I'm doing. Mm. And I think a lot of times it happens. You get free things, and you think they're free, but they're not. They're taking something from you. You just have to decide is. Is what you're being offered worth what you have to give up for it? Mm. Yeah, Aaron, you deal with getting free things from time to time, and it's enticing, right? Not for not for me. No. I throw his free stuff away all the time. I don't throw it away. I no. give it to someone else. Yes, he, wait, he gets to it. Wait, now, to be clear, it's easy to get rid of other people's stuff. It's easy to get. Rid- yeah, <laughs> I'm the guy. I buy the same T-shirt like okay. again and again and again. I we talk about this all the time. I'm constant. I learned this from you. I I get rid of so much. My closet is a rack of clothes. If you went to his place, you would be uncertain if anyone lived there. Cuz it's so <laughs> simple. After but, how many years, a decade, you finally brought a you, you bought, bought a, a dress, de- dresser. I bought a dresser. And it took him 10 years to decide to buy a piece of furniture. <laughs> I bought, yeah, right. So I've had a couch, the same couch for the last 12 years. I've had you know, I bought a TV cuz we, we would do a lot of television stuff, but but yeah, no, I don't I don't really like free stuff to me is a burden. Uh-huh. I'd rather something be worth buying. Because that for me is like actually a transaction that I take very deeply. Free for me is unwanted. Unless it's like uh, time. Like I love, and I think time is a gift. Like the, the, the gift of time is huge for me. But, yeah. but that isn't, I don't have to throw it away later. So that's, I think what happens is we, we confuse our resources, right? We, we, we see money. We know that's a resource because you can hold it in your hand. You can hand it to someone else. I can't hand you my time. That's a precious resource. And there's no refund for time that is poorly spent. And I think the same is true with our attention, right? Our attention is probably our most precious resource because yeah. you can spend time together, mm. but if there's no attention there, then the time isn't worth as much, right? And, and so I think what's happening here is we're, we're saying, well, you know what? Claire, yeah, you're getting some some free stuff. And we all have problems holding on to thing to certain things. Sometimes it's stuff, sometimes it's toxic relationships, uh, sometimes it, it's addictions. We hold on to a lot of things. And I think the first step to 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 letting go is loosening your grip mm-hmm. and and realizing you might have to set some, some boundaries up as well. Because 
for me, my boundary is a pretty strict one. I don't accept any free stuff from corporations or whatever, just because we're the minimalists and like, it would be a strange <laughs> thing if I'm like, you know, that's it, why we start out each podcast with advertisements suck yeah. because it, it just, it, can you imagine us being on here talking about like, well, and this, we're brought to you by this mattress or these penis pills or whatever it happens to be. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Like, does, doesn't that it's actually interesting take- you connected the mattress with the pills? <laughs> I'm sorry. Just <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So, um, Claire, you did mention the just-in-case items. That's one of the rules we have. We have this rule called the the just-in-case rule. It's one of uh, 16 rules that we have in the Minimalist Rulebook. It's a free ebook that you can download, theminimalists.com slash rulebook. Or if you want the audiobook version, that's now available for purchase. Ryan and I record the audiobook, but we did like... Um, like 16 different mini podcasts with each different rule that we have. I think that'll help you out a lot. Let's move on to our next question from Julianne in Portland, Maine. Much of what you talk about uh, with minimalism, such as not relying on material goods for commitment, uh, contentment, or living in the present moment without being reactionary, I strongly identify with as a grown-up practicing Buddhism. And I was wondering if you've ever written or spoken about the similarities between Buddhism and minimalism. You know, it's fascinating. Ryan and I have been on nine tours in the last 10 years. We've gotten book tours or, or film tours and people come up to us in like the hug line afterward, which can you imagine hug lines? We used to hug people. You guys remember that? <laughs> Uh, uh, and anyway, uh. people will come up to us and, and they say, Hey, you know, it's so great to see two guys out here spreading Jesus's message. And I'm like, Hey, thanks. Really appreciate that. And next person, you know, 10 people later, next tour stop. Hey, it's really great to see a couple Buddhists out here just spreading the good word. <laughs> and then someone else, you know, later in, in, that month will be like, Hey, did you guys know that Muhammad was the original minimalist? And, 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 and it's like, Oh, cool. And, and so, you know, I think what happens is we take our belief system and then we sort of map it on to, to something else. Sure. But, but, um, yes, I, I think a lot of, uh, a lot of religions uh, or you could go even go back to Stoics or, or whomever they did talk about, as Julianne said, not relying on material goods for our contentment. However, it doesn't mean that we're allergic to material goods either. Yeah, I think that for me, uh, early on in my life, I was very much a monastic. Everything I owned, I could put into one paper bag. Wow. And so way before it was um, novel uh, or uh, something of cultural interest or intrigue, I was was like this. Mm. And so when my wife and I were married, I wouldn't even buy us a bed. I slept on the floor. And I told her that a bed was a, uh, a luxury, not a necessity. Sorry, <laughs> still, it still blows my yeah. mind, but keep going. So when people talk about minimalism, I lived at an extreme level of minimalism yeah. for many, many years. And uh, I, I only worked enough to eat. Mm. And which, yeah, it, wasn't, it wasn't always a good ratio. Some days I didn't even have the money to eat. I, I would wait to wash clothes and and until I had enough change to wash clothes. I mean, I was truly minimal. And, uh, and I, I moved across the country. I, I got a ride with someone. I didn't have a car. I didn't own anything. And uh, he said, well, I don't have enough room in my car for you. And I, and I said, oh, it, it, oh, for your luggage. I said, I don't have any luggage. <laughs> and uh, I moved across the country. I had no place to live, no job, no food, nothing. The clothes I had was pretty much what I wore. Mm. And, and but I, 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 but a huge part of me was I despised the material world, hmm. and I don't think I had a healthy relationship with with creation because creation, nature, is a part of the of the 
of the uh, material world. Mm. And I and I and I I feel like I didn't understand that um, enjoying this life was not an evil. Yes, I had to come to a place where I I, I wasn't owned by things, but but I could celebrate the beauty of things. And I and I did have to go through an evolution of that. I had to go through a, um, a season. I remember when I went to this pastor that knew me when I was brand new in my faith because I became a a follower of Jesus as an adult. And I said, I'm thinking about getting married. And I introduced him to Kim and he told me, Kim is perfect for you because she was an orphan. She lived in poverty. She was left starving for several weeks when she was a child at the age of eight. And that was the negative side of minimalism. Yeah. And, um, and he said, you would never have anything in your life, but because you love her, you're going to, you're going to get things simply to take care of her. Wow. And it, I realized that also there's an expression of love that teaches you how to relate to things in a, I think in a healthy way. Right, and I think that's the key. It's in a healthy way because I grew up really poor uh, in Dayton, Ohio, food stamps, government assistance, and that wasn't minimalism for me because it, <laughs> it wasn't intentional, right? right. And, and so what we're talking about now is is bringing things into our lives intentionally and, and, and the things that add value, questioning the things. I think that's become the problem with consumerism. There's nothing inherently wrong with consumption. We all need some stuff. But when it becomes the driver for everything that we do, we, we start to, to lose sight. Now, Aaron, how did this rub off on you growing up um, uh, <laughs> un, uh, underneath uh, Irwin's reign, his tyrannical reign of, of not owning things? You were, you were different growing up because I think you were kind of in this place where, you know, we, we were definitely more wealthy, but, but, you were, but we always had everything we needed. Like, I always remember having clothes, remember never being really hungry but but I but also like as I got older and obviously living in LA like you realize okay the, the disparity in wealth or the disparity in like lifestyle and as we grew and as you wrote books and as things kind of you got more successful I realized like it's super easy to get caught up in like what car do I drive what do, where do I live what's the zip code you know going where do I go out to eat where do I do this and and I think for us it was huge conversation of like what's the life that style that you can obtain or can achieve and live at or where do you actually feel like you're making the most effect in the world and bringing the most change and actually doing things so it was less about how much stuff and then what what are you doing with the things that you actually do have mm. and he you always taught me that it's always what you have inside of you than than, than the things that you can hold with your hands and so you know i, I do drive a good car now but but I but I drove the same Mini Cooper until I wrecked it for for however long that I I could and 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 there were there are things that I grew up without but I also never felt like I needed and so to see it now I think it helps me with my worldview of going like I can be anywhere and be comfortable mm. I can go to 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 a place of luxury or a place of of poverty and go like I feel at home because it's joy that I value and it's kindness and it's sometimes not always kindness working on being kinder but but there's these attributes of characteristics of like a people's personality I think that I that I care about more than than things I think that what's fascinating is you, you talked about how there's nothing wrong with with pleasure Mm -hmm. um, and, and I agree with that as long as it doesn't get in the way of our actual contentment or joy, right? And I think one of the problems right now is we confuse pleasure. We confuse the mm -hmm. dopamine rush with everlasting joy or, or contentment or even happiness, which is also fleeting, but I think is a byproduct of something healthier than just pure hedonistic pleasure, mm -hmm. right? Now, Erwin, I heard you mention on a recent episode of, of the Battle Ready podcast, which we'll put a link to the podcast in the show notes for folks who want to check it out. Uh, you, you talked about money versus freedom. Uh, 
And I thought this was applicable to Julianne's question here. Mm. Where, 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 Actually, do you want to riff on that a little bit? That's interesting. Thank you for listening. Now I know you actually listened to the podcast. <laughs> no. And yeah, I, I think a lot of people, um, well, I, I, I just had knee surgery. So um, during the quarantine, I had a couple of accidents when I busted my face open. So I have 15 stitches in my face and, uh, and then I oh my uh, gosh. blew out my knee. So I had to have knee surgery. And so I've been going through physical therapy and um, I have a, a young guy who's Japanese, who's my therapist and as we began talking he said man i'm just i'm just driven by things whenever i'm going through therapy i end up doing therapy for people i mean it's like it's always like this and uh, so he he said i feel like i'm i i'm greedy i just want more and whenever i have something i want more and i'm never satisfied and and so i said as he was trying to help me you know retrain my knee uh, i said your problem is that you're more driven by my money than you are by freedom and and like I, I said, look, I can tell you, I've been extremely poor and I've been extremely wealthy. I, I I've had the spectrum of uh, of that human experience, and um, I I feel most content when I feel that I've attained a freedom to be who I who I long to be, and to express my life the way I long to live it. And there there is this odd illusion that more gives you more freedom, but there's actually a break point where if you're driven by more, you lose all your freedom. Yeah. And it's this whole idea of living for retirement. I mean, what an idiotic idea, Yes. right? To, to work all of your life at a job you hate mm. so that you can vacate it when you don't have the energy to live the life you longed for. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so I, I just think it's a, it's a good measuring point to go, uh, well, if I were completely free, like I've asked people, if you had all the money in the world, what would you want your life to look like? And they normally say, I don't know. Mm. And so I said, okay, here's the problem. You're trying to, to get more wealth to live a life you don't even know what it looks like. Oof. So, so you're actually living an illusion of what other people tell you that if you can attain, you will finally be happy. And so you need to, in my life, I find incredible joy when my family is able to uh, you know, enjoy each other and love each other and have time together. And when we're able to have conflict at a minimal level and, 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 and everyone's has a sense of meaning and intention in their life, it, it isn't measured by money. No. And, and it, we've had those moments when we had less money, we've had those moments when we've had more money. That's why I don't see money as the, as the enemy of, of contentment. I think greed is the enemy of contentment. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I see money as a resource, just like if, you know, the other day um, I, I, I cooked um, six whole chickens and, uh, and six racks of ribs. I took, on my birthday, I decided to cook all day. And because I thought, oh, what would be the most enjoyable thing to do on my birthday? And I said, like feeding people. Wow. Like doing, working all day to create a beautiful experience for people. And I think if we just shift our lives to like the celebration of me isn't everybody bringing me something. The celebration of me is me bringing something to everybody. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that's what I, I would love for people to kind of see that really what you want to do is you want to be in that, that pocket where um, you're, you're actually positioned to live freely, being the person you long to be, and your resources become a conduit of all the good you long to do. Mm. Yes. Well, Julian, I hope hope uh, we can send you a copy of one of Irwin's books. What book should we send her? Well, I think maybe 
the way of the warrior soul cravings maybe yeah okay maybe soul yeah. cravings we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out well Aaron right. will pick it out we're gonna send you one like actually I soul cravings would be good soul cravings Sean if you could reach out to Julia and send her a, a copy of that and uh, we're gonna move on to our lightning round this is where we we um Try to answer text message. So people text us, 937-202-4654. Those texts literally go to both Ryan's and my phones, so we're a little bit crazy. <laughs> um, and yeah, like this weekend, I, I probably answered, I don't know, a thousand texts. And um, we just sit down on Saturday for a few hours and you know, send, send some stuff out. Um, but uh, we don't get back to everyone. We get back to as many people as we can. And here's the thing. We try to answer a few questions on the podcast. Now, during the lightning round, here's what we try to do. We try to answer questions with a short, shareable, less than 140 character response. Uh, we call them minimal maxims. We put them in the show notes so people can copy and paste our pithy answers on social media if they'd like. Uh, by the way, we just really ramble on a little bit. And then we'll try to tweeze out something pithy. So don't worry. There's no, no real pressure. Eric has a question here. I recently let go of religion. But I don't know what to cling to next. That's an interesting word there. I don't know what to cling to next. Was that maybe the problem? The clinging? I think the problem was religion. Mm. Maybe maybe go back to faith. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about that. Because uh, So, so I, I'll give you my pithy answer. Then we can unpack it a little bit. But uh, progress is measured by our ability to let go. Mm-hmm. And I think what happens right now is if we cling to something, whatever it is, it could be a religion, whatever we're clinging to. There, there's this uh, great quote from David Foster Wallace uh, from Infinite Jest. He said, everything I've ever let go of has claw marks on it. Well, that's not letting go at all. Yeah. That's just being dragged until you drop. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about this faith versus religion thing. I'm fascinated by that. Well, let me just give my quick response. Let's do it. And as long as you're looking for something to cling to, you have not let go of religion. Mm. And because religion is an external construct that gives your life meaning and leaves you feeling meaningless. Mm. And so I, I think that there's something internal inside of his struggle that he doesn't believe he can become, so he has to actually put on. Like I, I don't cling, I don't turn to religion and to give me what I'm searching for. And Aaron, you talked about different religion and faith. Maybe yeah. you should pop in there. I mean, it's a, it's been a huge conversation, I think, with our whole yeah. lifetime because I'm wildly OCD. So everything for me was, I mean, I was the Catholic inside of our Christian family of like repeating the same prayer every single day. And you grew up Roman Catholic. And so... Yeah, definitely religiously OCD. And so you helped me kind of understand going, okay, it's okay to be OCD and struggle with rep- repetitive nature of prayer or of doing X, Y, Z, but finding a real relationship in faith is very different, I think, than being de- living by the demands of religion, mm-hmm. going like this is your guilt or your shame is so tied to whether you achieve or you don't or you do this and you do that and you're absolved of your sin versus this faith going like, hey, there's a God who wants to know you. There's something out there, the creative director of the universe, if you want to call it, that wants, that created you and wants to know you. And that's a different type of relationship that I don't think uh, sells to mass media people religion worked because people were meant to be controlled by certain people i think people have that ideology and so faith for me is is so much more of a relationship that that you understand and you listen and you learn and you talk and you are in an engaged relationship but that's what i got yeah no i uh one i i think there's something looking to you to be more quotable no no i'm not trying to be quotable right now i'm uh, i was I don't know, you're allowed to edit things. Yeah, sure. <laughs> we, we've got a few pithy things. We're good to go. Let's no, just no. expand on it. Uh-oh. No, the re- reason is one. I I feel like we we're 
whenever we're driven by guilt or shame, we end up in religion. Mm. When we're driven by intention uh, and meaning, we're more likely to find something inherently healthy. And, you know, so like, I don't feel a need to try to convert anyone, and I'm a pastor. Uh, I, I, uh, have a, I have a, a desire to help people live the full life they're created to live. And, and when a person tells me, man, I've let go of Lingen, but I'm looking for something to hold on to, the great danger is that you're going to shift institutions because it's a mindset that says, uh, I need some institution outside of me to fix the world. Yeah, it's almost and childish and or in, infantile. In it is, and, and and I'm only saying this because I'm inherently an anarchist. I mean, I was I, that that's who I was growing up. That's I, I never trust institutions. I did not trust religion. I did not trust governments. Um, what I what I trust is um, the power of your internal world to shape and create the world around you. And you, if if you're filled with anger or greed or violence or envy, you're going to create a destructive world. Mm. If you're filled with hope and love and uh, intention and purpose, you're going to create a better world. And, uh, and, and so I would say, look, I, I don't know who you are and where you are on your life journey, but um, one, I do believe in God. And obviously, I, I am a person who believes in a personal relationship with Jesus. But what I'd say to you is um, look for the change within you. And move toward whatever moves you toward love. Move toward whatever moves you toward hope. Mm-hmm. Like the the best internal compass is when all the right essentials begin to be created inside of you. Like I would not be a follower of Jesus if somehow it moved me away from love, if it moved me away from hope, if it moved me away from compassion. Like I think that we all have this internal compass and if we pay attention to it, it'll move us in the right direction. I get to, I'm used to this. My <laughs> mind's blown and my insides are so inspired right now. The, 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 the love thing is, is fascinating because I also find some value uh, in, whether it's religion or whatever, mm-hmm. there's like this sort of liturgical nature of religion where people find some sort of structure, right? And I think right. that's what he's looking for right now specifically. Yes. And what you're saying is that whatever that structure ends up being, it needs to be predicated on love, not on a, a set of particular rituals that are going to drive you toward love necessarily yep. and it's just like with injury i've had a lot of injuries in my life because i love uh, playing sports and at first i mean when i came out of the knee surgery they gave me this massive metal brace to put on my knee and these really cool crutches and and uh <laughs> i walked out of the hospital i took the brace off and i put the crutches down and i started walking this within the same hour of having the surgery yeah. and 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 my family's like why do you do this I said because the brace is there to protect you from injury, but it actually also reduces your capacity to be str- stronger. Mm. And religion is a brace. Mm. Uh, love is the strength. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's pithy. You can tweet that podcast, Sean. All right, before we get into our listener tips and our added value segment today, it looks like we've got a bunch more surprise questions this week, like... Why are Christians simultaneously the nicest and meanest people on earth? How do you find a supportive community if you're not religious? I'm deeply unsatisfied with my life. I haven't found my passion, and I don't know where to start. Help. Plus, we're going to talk about dealing with a dying loved one. We're going to talk about what COVID has stolen from us over the last six months. We're going to talk about church for atheists. We're going to talk about a million more questions for Irwin 
and Aaron McManus. And if you want to hear all that, subscribe to our maximal episodes on the Minimalist Private Podcast. It's a completely separate podcast. It's just two bucks, and it's the most honest way for the minimalist to earn an income because we don't believe in advertisements. By the way, if you're not a private podcast supporter, you're literally missing two-thirds of our show. I mean, seriously, it's less than what you spend on coffee today, probably. But there's this whole other world where we're able to let our hair down, we dive deeper into topics, but we do it in front of a smaller private audience. And it gives us the space we need to have some uncomfortable or difficult conversations that we typically would not have in public. Head on over to theminimalists.com slash support to subscribe and get your personal link so that our private podcast plays in your favorite podcast app. Seriously, head on over there. It keeps this podcast 100% advertisement free. Thank you to our Patreon supporters. It is because of you. We don't have to talk about mattresses or um, hair replacement or what are the what else we got podcast, Sean? What, what's popular on podcasts right now? I don't know. I don't want to talk about any of the advertisements. They're all, you, you know what I end up doing? I try to fast forward through them and then I mess up and it's just, it interrupts the whole experience. So I'm going to stop interrupting this experience and let you check out some voicemail comments and tips from our listeners. Hi, my name is Aubrey from Lehigh, Utah. And I was just calling to say that something that is difficult for me is to get rid of items that people give me as gifts. But something that I have learned is asking the question, has this served its purpose or has it helped me feel um, the love that that person has for me? If the answer is yes, then it served its purpose and I feel confident that I can get rid of it. Hi, this is Janelle from Salt Lake. I was calling in regard to the episode about relationships and um, being, I guess, content. The comment that I wanted to make is um, both, I think, as a single person and as you're looking for a relationship, when you are content with who you are before you go into, say, wanting a new job or, say, wanting a new relationship. Um, I think that is where you build a better relationship than you could if you were looking for someone else to fulfill that or if you were looking for fulfillment through, say, a job or doing, you know, the next object A. Um, And the thing that I have found in my life that makes me content or makes me at least aware of what I need to change in order to be content is gratitude. If I am grateful for the things that I have in my life, even the negative things um, that teach me patience or that teach me compassion or that teach me um, to be frugal, then I am content. Uh, I may want to change, but I am content with who I am in that moment. And I think that has, for me, been the essential point of being a happy person um, is to be grateful for the things that I have. All right, y'all. Thanks again to Erwin and Aaron McManus for joining us today. Check out their podcast. It's called Battle Ready. We'll put a link to that in the show notes, but you can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts or check out the video version. It is really beautiful. Let's put a link to their YouTube channel, Mosaic's YouTube channel, in the show notes as well. You can find Aaron and Erwin both on Instagram as well. For our added value this week, Sean, don't get mad at me, but I think we're going to play a song at the end of this one. It is called Brave by Rustin Kelly from his new album, Shape and Destroy. Now, I've, I recommended his last album when it came out a few years ago on the podcast, and I think this is the one added value I've gotten more compliments for over the years compared to anything else that I've recommended. That, that 
original album of his, I think it was his first album called Dying Star. It's a masterpiece. Now he's followed up with this new album, Shape and Destroy. And this song, the whole the whole album is great, but this song is particularly special. It is called Brave. And you're going to hear that at the end of this episode. But real quick for right here, right now, here's one thing that's going on in the life of the minimalists. We just launched our new minimalist rule book. It's, uh, I talked about it earlier in the episode, but it's 16 rules for living with less. That ebook was, it came out earlier this year. So many people have found value in it, but if you prefer to listen, uh, as opposed to read, you can read it for free, by the way, the minimalists.com slash rule book. But if you prefer to listen, you can now purchase the audio book version. It's 18 different tracks. There's an intro and a conclusion, but then the 16 rules in the middle. But with each one of those rules, Ryan and I, we came into the studio, we did a mini podcast for each rule and we really invented some new rules along the way as well it's one of, one of my favorite things that we've ever done and now that it's in this audiobook form you can sort of go through the rules one by one you can even follow along by printing out the free ebook or you can read the ebook on whatever device you want but I would encourage you to check out the audio book because it's a, a deeper dive. It'll, it shows you how Ryan and I apply these rules to our own life, whether it's a 2020 rule or the 3030 rule or the 9090 rule or the emergency item rule. H- how do we apply all 16 rules to our own lives? How have we seen them work for other people as well? And then we expand on those by inventing several new rules along the way. TheMinimalists.com slash rulebook. If you want to check that out, download the free ebook version, or you can also get the audiobook version, which is now available. You can follow The Minimalists on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Minimalists. Come to one of our live podcast shows when you can. Visit theminimalists.com slash tour to find a city near you. If you have a question, comment, or a minimalism tip for our podcast, email a voice memo to podcast at theminimalists.com. You can comment on this episode at youtube.com slash theminimalists. We also have a new podcast channel, youtube.com slash theminimalistspodcast. We separated our channels there. Go ahead and head on over to that new channel. Give us a starter comment, a starter like to get us up in the algorithms to help our simple living message reach more ears. And if you want our show notes in your inbox, sign up for our email list over at theminimalists.com. You'll also receive our simple Sunday emails whenever we send those. And if you leave here today with just one message, we hope it's this. Love people and use things because the opposite never works. Thanks for listening, y'all.